Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability we all have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihee Jolly. Today we're talking about what it takes to tear down your inner walls if you have trouble showing up as your authentic self. Jamira Trapp, who practices in Chicago, shares the story of how chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo enabled her to transform painful family dynamics and create a truly harmonious family based on a change in her own heart. This shift impacted every aspect of her life, especially her work in law enforcement in Chicago, where it can be difficult to transcend differences and show up as your true self. I'll let Jamira share the rest. Hi, my name is Jamira Trapp and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I'm a detective on the Chicago Police Department. So just to start with some context, can you share um, how you got introduced to SJ Nichiren Buddhism and kind of like why were you interested in practicing and why did you start? So I got introduced into SGI Nichiren Buddhism in 2012. Um, I was really intrigued by a coworker who was a practitioner that I didn't know at the time. His life condition um, was extremely high in a very chaotic, stressful environment. And that was extremely admirable. And I'm like, I want whatever he he wants. Like he will be on foot chase with people. He will chase people and he will just have this calm demeanor. And I'm just like, are you not mad? Like, are you not upset? So it, it was th- through um, his life condition that I was um, in, learn, um, intrigued to learn more about this individual. And that's when I found out that he was a practitioner of this Buddhism with SGI. Mm, I see. Wait, so does that mean you were already on the police force when you were introduced? Yes. Oh, so okay. I, I joined the police force in on December 16th, and nine and I became a, um, a member of the Soka Gaka USA. I received Michael Hans on December 15th, 2000 and, um, 2012. I see. Okay. Do you mind my asking? I'm just curious, like, um, yeah, why did you want to join the police force? Was that like a dream or did that just happen? Yes, <laughs> it was It was a dream. Um, ever since I was little, I always wanted to be three things, a nurse, a detective, or um, a psychiatrist. So now I'm all three. <laughs> wow. So, yes, um, I took the entrance exam the year I graduated with my undergrad from Northern Illinois University in 2006. And I had to wait three and a half years to get hired because it was a freeze, a hiring freeze. So I didn't get hired into law enforcement until 2009. So, um, yes. I see. Oh, wow. So you always wanted to help people, basically, because those three yes. careers <laughs> were help clearly people helping. people understand how they think. Mm, that makes sense. Also, then, no coincidence, Buddhism was attractive because that's, that's all about the internal stuff. Yeah. Um, so then around the time that you decided to start chanting Nam-myoho Renge-kyo, can you tell me a little bit about that story? Like, was there anything going on in your life? Um, how did it feel to start chanting? You know, just a little bit more. I started chanting for the first time um, with my friend in July 2012. And so I'm like, this is cool. I was like, what What do we do now? <laughs> and so um, he and he, he just said, just keep chanting. And so um, I, there's a, he 
some, some study material. And one of the things that initially attracted me was the five eternal guidelines of the SGI USA, which is the first um, eternal guideline is faith for a harmonious family. And so that's what I started chanting about. And one of the first benefits in faith, um, or I could say actual proof of my prayer, was when my dad came to my house in like October of that same year and apologized for something that he did months ago. And I was, and, and I was like, who is this man? Like my dad never apologizes. And so my friend in December of 2012 said, it's time for you to get your own Gohans on and alter space in your home. So I was like, okay. So it wasn't like I was suffering so much. It was just like, I was always intrigued and determined how could I be a better person and what tools can help me evolve. And so I saw that this was a way to regulate myself daily. Mm, wow, that's such a good way to put it. I think a lot of people will, will relate to that, actually. Um, and then do you mind my asking, of course, as much as you're comfortable sharing um, this, I, I know that sort of you're alluding to this, but one of the key kind of early experiences in your practice had to do with your relationships with your parents. Um, so can you share a little bit more kind of like, what was the situation, however far back you want to start? And then, yeah, like a harmonious family is, it's no joke, right? That's like, that's a big thing to really chant about. So I'm sure other people can relate. Um, yeah. So what, what was sort of going on? So once I started, um, maybe about a year and a half later, 2013, 2014, I can't really recall exactly when my dad called me up one day on the phone and he's very nonchalantly said, hey, um, would you mind taking a DNA test? And I was like, what? And because my dad had full custody of me since the age of five years old. My mother had a, um, a nervous breakdown. And so my dad had received custody of me. Also, my mother transitioned in September of 2010, the first night of me working on a street as a police officer. So... Now, years later, like four, three, four years after her transition, he's asking me for a DNA test. I was, I was still can remember to this, like where I was in the car, everything like, and I remember having to pull over, like, are you kidding me? And I just kind of like went off on him and I was like, why are you asking me this? He's like, well, I think there's some money I can get back. I'm like, from who? Like, who's going to give you this money? Like, my mother is not here. Like, like, and I'm like, you've had me since, and and so that day, I just vowed to never talk to him again because I was just so hurt and I didn't know how to process emotions. I was like, you know, F him. I don't care. And it wasn't until like, you know, maybe 2017 when I started getting more consistent and active with my practice. Um, consistent meaning like chanting on a daily, studying um, publication and materials and um participating in leadership roles in the organization and meetings. And so 20, I was February 21st of 2017. I'm really good with dates. <laughs> it was my dad's birthday. And I remember calling, calling my um, friend who introduced me to the practice. And I said, today's my dad's birthday. I, I kind of want to, you know, call him and wish him happy birthday. And he's like, well, I don't know the reason why you're not talking. Cause I didn't tell anyone even no, none of my close friends knew like why I was not talking to my dad. Cause I was like so ashamed and embarrassed, like, you know, and I felt this was just another like brick on me to like in the midst of me having to be at work and focus on life or death situations daily. So mm -hmm. it was almost like the audacity of you to even ask me this in the midst of what you know, what I do for a living. So it was 
it was easier to just be angry. And I remember calling my woman's division leader at the time and she, she encouraged me to, again, none of, nobody knew, but this, what I was, I was chanting differently and I was changing internally. So when I called my dad, um, and wished him happy birthday, he was like, Oh, thank you. And, and I'm, I'm happy to call that you called and I miss you. And I said, well, if you miss me, how come I haven't heard from you all these years? And he goes, I, I, I thought you would be mad at me. I thought, and I, and I, and so at that moment I said, he would rather suffer than take accountability for the pain that he took, that he inflicted on his daughter. So he knew that what, what he did was wrong and right. But emotionally he, he didn't know how to process or, or even support me to show up fully as a father after doing something like that. So that was in February of 2017. And then May of 2017, my youngest sister, she, um, once she graduated from nursing school here in Illinois and, um, my, all of us attended her graduation and we had a family dinner at a nice steakhouse in Chicago. And she, she cried and she was just like, how did you, how were you able to forgive daddy? And I was like, I don't know. I just chanted for him. I just chanted for our family. And, um, so she actually was the first family member to start her own practice. And then from there, um, 2018, my second sister received her Gohanzan. And in June of 2019, we went on our first family vacation to Walt Disney World. And um, it was a challenging experience because we haven't all been in one area as a family in over like 18 years. Like, so my sisters and like my, my nephews and me and my dad chanted together in our, in our hotel room at Walt Disney. And I said, you know what? We went up, we, the first time my dad read anything to me in my life was the SGI World Tribune publication. And so at that time when I heard him read, I was like, it made me just melt like a lot of the anger from me because I felt like he didn't have, he didn't have the capacity to be the father that I wanted him or that I felt I needed or I needed him to be. And he truly did the best that he could do with his cape based off of his capability. And so just really, so then I said, when we came back, I said, it's time for you to get your own Gohanzan and start your own practice. And so he, um, him and my stepmom received their Gohanzan June 19th of 2019. So no one could have paid me. You couldn't tell me like, oh, your dad's going to practice. I'm like, no. No, not my father, not my, you couldn't have paid me a million dollars. You couldn't have told me we were going to go on a family vacation, three generations. You no, I couldn't have not intellectually phantom. I would have argued with anyone to tell me this. Mm -hmm. And so we do live in a society that we argue for our limitations because intellectually we can't perceive beyond what's been learned or what's in front of us. And that's where beauty about this prayer, um, Namiya Horenge Kyo, chanting Namiya Horenge Kyo, you can perceive, you can, it transcends all limitations that you have um, and take you to a place that like, even when people say, Oh, I'm, I, I, I would like to learn more about Buddhism. And I was like, just do it. You don't need to learn anymore. Like there, you can't, you can't intellectualize. Not me holding get killed. You have to feel it. Like I can show, I can tell you my stories. I can tell you all these things, but if, you know, I can keep on telling you how good this cake is going to be, but who wants to hear that? Don't you want to taste the cake yourself? So, <laughs> you know, um, that's that's that was a lot. So, but I hope you get the um, tips. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Thank you so much for for sharing. I, yeah, I, I feel like that the the nuances and the emotions of that journey must have been 
very profound as as they were happening. Um, and it's I'm sure hard to to summarize, but I totally feel it from from the way that you're sharing. Um, one follow up question there. I'm I'm just wondering. Um, like you, you mentioned that you were attracted to this idea um, of faith for a harmonious family. Like we practice, one of the reasons we practice Buddhism is so we can really create harmonious families, um, which also comes from this idea that peace begins in the home. Like world yes. peace doesn't exist out there. We have to start with our own lives and our own homes. So, but I'm just wondering, cause you know, people have really challenging family situations and I'm just, if someone is listening to that and they're like, that sounds completely impossible and crazy. Like, why would you even chant about that? You know, because they might have a really tough situation. So how would you define what you mean by harmonious family? Like what's sort of the vision, you know, does that make sense? Yes. That's a great question because a harmonious family can't happen until the individual is harmonious. So one thing I didn't say um, initially is I received guidance and faith. And I asked when I was in the youth division, um, one of the leaders, how could I value myself? How could I? I was tired of meeting partners that were different, but had the same shirt. <laughs> and so I'm like, this has got to at this point, it's got to be me. It's not it's, it's something's internally and I thought something was wrong with me like what's wrong with me why do I keep meeting these type of people and so I received the guidance to really to chant to um awaken to my greatness and to value my life and that prayer changed the trajectory of my of my life because in um 2018 I met not even searching I met a holistic life coach and I started working with her and she was able to really provide me with the tools to um forgive, to um, have more compassion, to have more wisdom, to to really harmonize my inner child who was hurt and wounded and really reparent myself. And so it is when you tell, I, I'm not, and, and I'm glad you brought that back up because people be like, okay, yeah, that that's your story. No. Yeah. My story was messed up. My dad told me my whole life that I wasn't going to be shit. I shouldn't even expect, like, there was, my dad didn't tell me he loved me until I was 31 years old. Like, and from me chanting. My dad told me he was proud of me recently when I got promoted. And even still, that feels weird to hear because I've never heard it my whole life. So I've had to become my own internal father and mother. But it was from a very wounded place of like, like, you got to do it right now. And even like, so as I'm shifting into more of a softer, nurturing internal parent and not like from a fear-based um, internal parent, it was only through the through my wisdom that encouraged that I gained through my prayer to seek professional assistance, if that makes like, because mm -hmm. when you have um, experienced certain things at a, at a young age, it impacts your development and your perception of yourself and your brain. And um, even like learn self helplessness and like all these, you know, and I don't like the word trauma because it can be traumatizing to hear, but I would say all these unprocessed emotions that made you, that can make you feel unworthy and you feel unworthy because your parents don't feel worthy and they project it onto you. So now I know that my dad telling me these things is because he didn't believe in himself because his father didn't believe in him and said these, like, it was mm -hmm. a generational perpetuation. And I was like, nope, I'm going to be the sun to illuminate all the darkness and make everybody in my family feel good. And so um, that that people were like, well, yeah, okay, there has been so much messed up things that happen in people's families, but that is what is 
continues to perpetuate the cycle of disunity in society, in the world, in the culture. If you, when you, and nothing's gonna flourish if the root is messed up. You can't create more money. You can't create if the found if your root, the foundation is messed up. Everything else is gonna be faulty. Mm-hmm. And one thing Buddhism teaches you that you can re, you are the root. You can you can re, re root yourself. You can you are the protagonist of your life. Everything starts with you. And to have that type of accountability and empowerment, and to like know that, like by taking concrete actions, because faith equals daily life, and faith into action, I can really change the trajectory of my life. I'm not doomed. I don't, I'm not a statistic. I'm not what any, I'm not what my father said, or even if he didn't say what he didn't say. Mm. Yeah, that's really well explained. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's so important. And I relate to a lot of what you're sharing. Um, so uh, this is sort of an interesting kind of transition um, to, so it sounds like you kind of the first portion of your practice, you really were able to transform your relationship with yourself and with your dad. Um, And again, as much as you're comfortable sharing, I know that you share that your mom passed. Now it's been a while. Um, And more recently, you sort of experienced a turning point in your own life um, to sort of challenge what was sort of left of that experience for you so yeah you know that's that's like an even deeper layer to go into so as much as you're comfortable sharing how did you what was going on and then how did you use your buddhist practice to tackle it no and you know i appreciate the your your concern for the sensitivity of the situation but what's beautiful is that your sense like this opportunity it's been my prayer to be emotionally available to be vulnerable. I'm like, even like, I want to be the most emotionally available woman in the world. I'm like, you know, and I'm like, so like, cause I've spent so many years of feeling I had to be a certain way because of certain titles and that I held, or I'm a, I'm a police officer. I'm a leader in the organization. I'm this, I have to be a certain way. I'm a black woman. I can't be emotional. I can't express, be expressive, or I'm going to be an angry black woman. So all these things were making me not show up fully and authentically. And it was connected to my mother. So my mother transitioned September 10th, um, 2010. But, you know, um, in December of 2020, my sister gave me a beautiful photo of my mom to have up at, uh, have in my home. And it was through um, me working with my life coach. She's like, what are you going to do for your mom's birthday? Are you going to celebrate it? And I'm like, no, she's not here. Why would I do that? And I kind of got angry. She's like, it's okay to, to, to miss your mom. It's okay to like acknowledge that she's not here and still remember her. And I just had like an emotional breakdown. I'm like, cause then I'm like, well, duh, Jamira, like what, like you, you, what, what is wrong with you? Like, and then I had to get out of the judgment and just get back into my heart and say, but it was only through the support because we can be so rigid and adamant and righteous in our beliefs on how we perceive things that it'll keep us trapped. And so I'm like, I don't have to acknowledge my mom. It's just her birthday. But me acknowledging her December 9th, 2020, opened up every so much in my life and so from that my sister gave me a photo um that i've had for (laughs) probably just in a box in a closet 
And um, but because I've acknowledged her, I was looking at photos. Then January of 2021, my cousin, which is my mother's niece, she sends me a text and she says, hey, cuz I have a box of photos here that I've been meaning to send you. Um, of you, of pictures of you and your mom, birthday parties, and your mom loved you so much. And I just cried. I'm like, this is like, at this time, a decade. You just now go, went through this photo, but that's because I just now went into my heart. That I just now acknowledged my mother. I just now was able to not feel shame because when she transitioned, we weren't on talking terms. I couldn't even remember the last time I even talked to my mother. So, um, I feel like the more I acknowledge my heart, it's like glass that's chucking out of it because I built such a close wall around it. And then this December, her birthday, we did a balloon release. I had got her, um, you know, a little slice of cake and just some happy birthday. And my nephews and my sister came over and it was like a party. And I had, a, I got um, a t-shirt made and I was like, it, it says Wanda forever. And it was a picture of me and my mom on it. And I've never done anything like this before and I'm just like you know it it it, it, it feels um, slightly uncomfortable to, but beautiful at the same time and that's also what healing and working with someone to understand the duality it's okay to be uncomfortable and scared as you're expanding into new territory and so yesterday I like to share a recent experience that came through um Inside my bedroom, there is um, like a storage chest that's like goes with the furniture. And um, I found a letter that my mother wrote me in um, 2002. And this letter just made me cry. It was a, it was a birthday letter. And it was saying, you know, happy birthday and how she's always here. Like, I just was like... Then I started feeling bad, like, how could I have not known about this letter? And, you know, and then it was just like, but that was that was the representation of where I was. I had like the treasure chest of my heart is now opening. And I went through the documents. I went through the false beliefs, the paradise. Like Nami Honigikyo has like cleared all these stuff that was that was keeping me from my heart, which mm -hmm. is my mother, from my from my um from my true essence. And so even in the letter, she says, you know, no matter good or bad, I'm always going to be here to support you and love you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, and I wouldn't have been able to receive this in emotionally, um, like last year. And like, so just knowing that like everything is like happening in rhythm in time. And like, when you have a strong determination and you chant, your life will expand in ways that you will not intellectually fathom. Like my cousin, my mother's niece who sent me the photos, she got married in December, 2019. I haven't seen my, my that side of the family since my mother's funeral in 2010, but she invited me to her wedding. And so just like, that is a harmonious family. Like I would have not intellectually found like th that, oh, my mother's family. And just to hear them say, oh, yeah, I remember you when you were a baby and all these beautiful things that Namya Horenge Kyo has helped me to perceive and receive. And yes, this practice is just so <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thanks for sharing all of that. It, it's it's really profound. And what I'm hearing and what you're saying actually that I think will be helpful for people who are really new are two really important Buddhist concepts, which are human revolution, like this, like 
deep inner transformation that we go through when we chant. It's different for everybody, um, as you're describing so well. Like we have our own unique, you know, karma and life tendencies and experiences. Um, and then second is this idea of the oneness of self and environment, which is like once you start to change, then like all these examples you're sharing, your environment reflects it. Like you're you're in rhythm as you're describing. So um, I yeah, I just love that. I just just one follow up here. Um, again, as always, I'm thinking from the perspective of someone who's like, OK, I'm inspired. I want to try this. Like I want to see what my life can open. Um, you know, with your mom, like, was it, where did you start? Like you mentioned you wanted to let your own walls down or be more emotionally available. Um, was it like, that's what you started chanting about and then all this happened? Or did you have like a specific determination? Just trying to like lay it out for someone who's yeah. like, I don't know how to start this process. It was actually the first, so in December, the first year that I acknowledged her birthday, December 9th, 2020. And I received faith-based guidance from a leader about being emotionally available and vulnerable. And and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll chant that way, like to really, you know, cause it made me feel uncomfortable and I didn't want to feel uncomfortable. And even, even though I can see the more vulnerable and transparent that I am, the more people receive me differently and perceive me differently, it's still like, no, you have to have this guard up. No one, it's not safe to be seen. It's not safe to be heard. You have to, you know, and so, um, to really, so my prayer was to really just to surrender, to surrender and to be able to receive and perceive the true aspect of what's happening. You know, mm -hmm. so when you said about the oneness, the oneness of self and environment, when I, that concept was so like annoying to me, cause I'm like, no, she is this <laughs> way and she is a B and she sucks and she's this and that. It can't be anything with me, no. I, you don't understand. You don't understand. Like that person did X, Y, Z to me and blah, blah, blah. And I was, was so adamant with wanting to be a victim. And that reality is real. It's not to negate that. But with chanting, you can be a, from a victim to a victor. Okay, why am I being so reactive to someone other else's perception of me? What is it that I need to get so solid in and unmovable in myself? So I chanted to start being unshakable like a mountain. Like my, I did. I started sharing to like, I don't want to be moved. I'm in law enforcement. I'm working around so many different personalities internally, right? And then I got to deal with the citizens. Now I got to deal with, you know, myself, my family, the members, every, the, how could I still show up fully and authentically? Because what can happen is you can, the, the projections of other people can become the perception of yourself. We're so fortunate as practitioners to go home and in front of our altar, in front of our space and chant Nam Yaho Get Kill. Even if you don't have an altar space, you can chant it. But just to even have the for because I can elevate my life condition, my perception of situations at any moment. Mm -hmm. I don't have to wait until I go on vacation. I don't have to wait until I go on a date. I don't have to wait. I used to think like, well, I'll be okay once I get a husband. I'll be fine once I get. No, I'm fine now. And, if, and because if I don't get fine now, I'm going to meet someone who's not going to be fine with me <laughs> when I'm alone, when I because I can't be alone. So just all these things that um, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> no, it does. It really. Yeah, I know. It totally does. It's. um Yeah, I love that. Like, I mean, you're describing it's this is why the show is called Bootability, like 
revealing our truest potential or our truest self or the Buddha that's inside of us. Um, that's the point of Buddhism. And so it sounds like in each of these yeah, ways, like you, whatever motivates you to chant that is in your heart will lead you to that path, it sounds like you're saying, which yes. I love. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so, so then I'm curious, you know, what you've described so far, it's like a lot of this sort of internal stuff that you've really been able to shift. Um, yes. But have you seen an impact in your day-to-day life now and your environment now? Because you mentioned already, you know, that you're in a very challenging line of work for many reasons. And I imagine this shift also has, has impacted that in some way, but I'm curious to, to know how it went. Yes, so that's a great question um, because you're like, okay, you did all this work, now what? Like, what, could, <laughs> what, 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 where is the, the um, so it was um, in 2020 when we were in the middle of, you know, working the riots um, and one of the guys that I was working with came, called me later on that weekend to check up on me and um, then he was like, I, I was talking to him and he's like, Jamira, you have a lot of wisdom. You don't talk at work though. And I was like, I was like, cause everyone, no one wants to hear me. You know, I, I was just feeling so like, I have to be quiet. Cause when I express myself, it's not received well. So he's like, no, you need to start speaking. You're very wise. And I said, okay. And it was very nice to, to, to hear that. And, um, and so I started, um, talking more like hi speaking to people and like and it was almost like I became a new person in the same environment just from me saying hi how are you guys because in my mind I'm like why are they looking at me why are they they could speak I'm like oh it's because I'm black they don't want to stop they don't want I, I started thinking about isms racism sexism I'm a woman they're not speaking to me because I'm a woman or I all these things that were like totally not true and so my environment became literally how I perceived it. So once I said, you know what, everyone, I'm going to, I started chanting to connect to everyone's Buddha nature and that everyone connects to my Buddha nature. And that is when it was like a, I, you walk through like a portal and it's like a whole different like reality instantly. And one of the girls, she said, she says, trap, whatever you're doing, keep doing it, girl, because you're like a different person. But it wasn't until I was able to create safety internally with myself that I can be able to show up externally instead of taking, but literally then I became projecting my own reality onto other people. Cause even the guy said, he was like, you kind of have a guard up and what it through healing. I realized in that same year after that, I was coming to work angry at, at, at men because they will cut me off or they'll say things. And it reminded me of my dad and I didn't realize that connection. And so then once I was able to work through that connection and then I showed up the next day differently, I was like, cause these, this, the man at work aren't my father. They're just them. And so accepting how they show up and not allowing that trigger, cause I was able to get to the root trigger and identify it. And then like, it was like a thousand pounds lighter. I like, I, it was Mm -hmm. such a heavy illusion that was causing me to drown myself every single day. So that's how it shows up at work. And also reminding myself or even having the wisdom to know, like, if you're upset, calling certain friends in faith who can keep you anchored back into the fundamentals of faith, practice and study and understanding, you know, what's going on. So you're not like, yeah, that person tried to play you. They think you stupid. And yeah, yeah, that could be right. But are we going to focus on that? How can we create value each and every moment? 
And that's something like when I was working the riots and we had to work 12 hour days from 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. And I was just like, I go in front to chant and I'm like, how could I like today's going to be a safe day? How can we work safely and harmoniously? How can I create as much value with the people that I'm working with? And that that consistency is challenging. I'm not it, I'm talking like it's <laughs> like it's smooth, but that's that's every day that you got to get up and decide I'm going to win over myself. Because people are suffering and I have the tool. So I'll be a fool to let myself be swayed by the outside influences that have no, that don't, that aren't doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm getting mad because the person's battery's dead, but my battery's fully charged. <laughs> yeah, I totally hear you. Um, that's, yeah, that's so encouraging to hear. And I, it is real, like it's a daily practice for a reason. Um, it, it's not like everything magically is okay once you have one realization. You <laughs> daily work, but um, but that that makes me wonder also. Like, do you have you know a favorite Buddhist concept or writing or or quote that you really hold on to that like helps you do all of this? Because this isn't easy. <laughs> um, yes, I have actually a few quotes in my office and and um and one over here that I'm going to grab really quickly. Um, and it says. It's on my mirror. Prayer in Nichiren Buddhism means believing that we will achieve our goals without fail and having the conviction that we will never be defeated. It breaks through the barrier of self-doubt that tells us that we cannot succeed and gives us supreme courage to fight and win. End quote. And like that quote, it's like sometimes I just know like I'm going to win. I don't know how, but I'm going to win. And that's that's all. That's I'm going to be victorious. Because I'm a, I am a bodhisattva of the earth. I'm a person here, here. I chose to be. Oh, also another concept is voluntarily assuming the appropriate karma. That is like a deep concept and you have to study it. But pretty much like the, the things that were triggering me where I felt suppressed, like no one understands me. I can't express myself in a male white dominated field because they're going to perceive the way I communicate to be emotional or angry. As a, And then I'm going to be an angry black woman. But not speaking was making me an angry black woman. So I was I started to really um, chant to have the wisdom to know what to say, the courage to say it when needed. And also remembering I chose at this time in the world to be here and to stand up fully to propagate this Buddhism, to stand up and fight and to help others fight and become aware of their own Buddha nature. So hmm. that concept is like a lifesaver when you really study it and, 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 and understand like, I voluntarily assume this appropriate karma. Like, yeah, my, like, especially with the family, my dad is still a slippery slope. He's not like the, uh, uh, a world renowned father now like he, I call him on the phone but and I'll say hey have you chanted he'll go back into complaining and I'll say okay let's chant and that takes capacity that takes the capacity to and compassion to say sometimes he calls me and it's not a good time and I'll say okay Jamira like don't you know I and another thing like I was like I don't want to lose another parent on not talking terms again so that's also what made me really fight for a harmonious family. Like, okay, I lost my mom and we weren't, I can't even remember the last time I talked. How, I don't want that to happen again with my father. So faith equals daily life, voluntarily assuming appropriate karma and um, oneness of self and the environment. Like you have to understand that there's no separation and the whole, you, you are the universe. And as you stand up and harmonize internally, everything will be in rhythm 
And a rhythm doesn't mean that nothing's gonna, everything's gonna go good, but you're gonna perceive and be able to quickly recover. And that's a huge benefit. Mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, but you know, one thing that I, I, I have to ask because I can like hear it in your, like your life condition, um, but I didn't explicitly ask, you know, what do you see as like your, your purpose or the thing that you're really moving towards? So a lot of people don't know this, but I chant like, like my mentor Nitra Deshaunen wrote in the opening of the eyes, um, to be the eyes of America, to be the ship of America. He said in the writing to be of Japan. And I, I don't, I have the quote in front of me, but pretty much like to stand up for America. And, mm-hmm. and that my, my prayer every day is that my life shows so much actual proof that people ask me, what are you doing? Who are you? What is it that you do? And people ask me, I, like last year during a pandemic, I've shared Namyo Horenge Kyo with over 21 people. Like we chanted together, strangers on my, that follow me or they're like, why are you so happy all the time? And then I'll like, then I'll tell them I'm in law enforcement. They're like, you are? Oh my God, <laughs> I would never know that. And I'm like, yeah, girl, me either. I don't know what, how I, I'm like, it's only because of Namya Holding Get Kill. I got this, this energy, you know, to really get to the true essence of myself. Because if the more you share, people will look at you and perceive however, based off of their experiences with other people that look similar to you. So once you open your mouth and I'm like, oh, wait, okay, that's not what I would have thought. And and that's where the the the, the dismantling comes into play. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's important to show up fully authentically because you don't, if you, especially when you're tired of the isms, then let's show people that I'm not a representation of my race or my gender. I'm Jamira. that's it I'm myself so Mm. and that's what this practice encourages you it liberates you this practice is very liberating yeah you mentioned this on the phone and I feel like this experience for example that you're sharing about how you decided to show up at work already touched on it but um transcending differences like I mean we, we do live in a society that is very unfair and unjust in many ways you know um and I'm sure you're faced with many kind of situations in which you have to transcend differences in order to get the job done. So I'm I'm just wondering, like, how have you used your Buddhist practice to do that? or And how do you see that connected to this kind of journey that you've been describing? Well, after I showed up fully in that one experience um, that I shared, it was last year while working on our day off, everyone's stressed and working 12 hour days. Um, I went to an office because I started talking to people. <laughs> I went to another team and was um, talking to them. And um, one of the, it was four white males in the office and one of them were was upset. And, um, and so they're like, you know, just take a deep breath. And then like some, someone said something along those lines and they're like, just talk to Trap, she's Buddhist. And then he, everyone looks at me and I was like, yeah, I chant Nam Yo Renge Kyo, you know. And then he goes, yeah, like the movie, like he's like, are you like, like Angela Bassett in that movie? You know, I was like, yes, exactly. Just like that. And I chanted Nam Yo Renge Kyo in front of them. And I share with them um, my experience with my father and how that's one of been one of the biggest benefits in faith. And, you know, and how I was able to, you know, study really hard for promotional exam at work and transcend those limitations and even just talking to you guys now is <laughs> because of my practice. And so the one of the officers, he's at his desk and he goes, 
I need to learn how to do that chant. He he mumbled it under his breath, and I was like, I I immediately like, no, he's 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 trying to mock you, right? He's trying to like. And I said, no, a coward never gets their prayers answered. And I like, it's almost like I pushed through my own body and I ran to my um, office and I got my Nam Yaho Denge Kill card out my purse. And I said, here, um, if you want to learn more about the organization and chanting, you can go to this website. I said, but this is how you say it. Nam Yaho Denge Kill. And I got him to chant it three times with me. And my body, it was like it purged. Like it was like... And my body, you know, your body stores trauma, holds memory. So it like locked up, but I had to push through that to release and relax into myself because my throat was throbbing and everything. Like I was like, no. And I was like, and I, I remember having to go to my car and cry because I said, I'm so proud of you for not being a coward. Sometimes we complain about what these isms are. I'm like, you just was able to be vulnerable in front of four white males. And like, that's not a big deal, but in, to some level of consciousness, this, for some people, it is a big deal. It, I was like, only Nam Yoho Denge Kyo could get me to be that way. Only Nam Yoho Denge Kyo, like one thing about chanting is it it will propel you and move you in spite of yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's so beautiful that you're, that's, yeah, such an amazing example. And I can, I can only imagine um because I hadn't really thought of it that way, you know, like transcending differences, the society that we're trying to create, like it, one can approach it in this very intellectual way, like what needs to change, who needs to say what, who needs to be in what spaces. But that like true transformation in your own heart where you can be vulnerable around the people that you maybe never, ever could have or you like feel the least safe or the least comfortable. Like there's just, yeah. That's a testament to human revolution. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So we'll, we'll move to wrap up. I always kind of close with the same, same question. Um, but before I ask that, which will be in a second, I'm just curious, like, if you had to define the term bootability or your own bootability, how would you describe it? Like, bootability, is, when I hear it, it's like it reminds you of your own ability through chanting to be able to expand your capacity and your ability and your ability to observe your your life and your circumstances and also um like to the buddha and to connect to the buddha nature of yourself and to others and really buddha is another name for for victor so reminding yourself that every day Hmm. you have the ability to be victorious I love that. Yeah. Buddha is another name for Victor. I really love that. Um, so, okay. So we'll close with the final question. All of this has been so encouraging. Thank you so much for sharing all of it. Um, so if you had to, if for anyone who's listening, who might be new to Buddhism, who might have a similar struggle to what you're describing to, you know, show up fully and authentically, you know, especially in a challenging environment, what one piece of advice would you give them? What advice would I give someone new to 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 chant <laughs> to, to chant to chant to um to 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 challenge yourself to be consistent? So sometimes it's challenging to like you feel good like oh I want to chant right now I feel good, but that's when you should chant to ex- to continue to feel good to continue to expand your capacity to pour into yourself. Um, so I will challenge yourself to really make a determination like to show up fully and authentically 
and then like what tools do you need to to be receptive to the how the universe responds to your prayer and being open to receive professional assistance and help it's okay mental mental and emotional support is is critical it's essential so like you know in buddhism changing all your is like the elixir that you take in to change all the poison into medicine and now you are able to show up fully and authentically. It feels so beautiful. It feels so light. It feels so liberated. I now remember from showing my mom used to encourage me to like sing and dance all the time. And she'll be like, that's my baby, you know, like cheer me on. And now I'm like singing and dancing at work in my office. And like, they're like, okay, Trap, we see you. And I'm like, you don't even know me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like let me reintroduce myself to you. Like, it's just like that type of lightness. Like we're here to like not be so rigid and like, uh, and cause that's slowly killing you. So pretty much make the determination to show up fully and authentically, to surrender to your old beliefs that are keeping you stagnant, to study. You can, you come home from a rough day, check your mailbox and bam, there's some encouragement that is just very clear, straight and direct. I think even in the last Roar Tribune, it talked about sincerity and, and and showing up fully so just really and then connecting to good friends and like the the organization like people who can who can really encourage you to challenge your life people we are here to constantly expand it doesn't matter what age you are and to never give up on yourself hearing jamira's story and approach to life based on her buddhist practice reminded me of these words from daisaku ikeda where he writes Fortunate circumstances don't guarantee happiness, and conversely, hard circumstances don't guarantee that one will be unhappy. Our environment doesn't decide our happiness, we do. We are either defeated by our environment, or we triumph over it. That's what determines our happiness. There are many troubling, painful, unpleasant, and worrisome things in life. When you face such things, you have two options. You can complain, blame the environment and be defeated. The second option is to live with an invincible spirit, blazing your own way regardless of your environment. The choice is up to you. Before we close, a friendly reminder that whether you're new, have been listening for a while, or just have questions, you can always reach out to us by emailing connect at sgi-usa.org. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.